Thank you, Andrew. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you here. And just before Matt and Nikki go out, a formal wo welcome for Noah, our youngest member at church here. Although they, Noah hasn't done the membership course yet, but <laughs> congratulations. Hey, last week, when, uh, for those who are here, when I got up to do the notices, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit that as a church we pray for rain in Australia. And so we did that, we gathered in twos and threes, and guess what happened this week? Now, I, I suspect that there have been lots of people praying for rain in Australia. But uh, just in case you get bored with my talk this morning, something for you to ponder, or maybe discuss with someone out at the cafe, do you believe that your prayer made a difference? Okay. So today we're doing the last talk in the Hope and Joy series. Who's been enjoying the, who actually has enjoyed the series? I know that some of the small groups have still got a DVD or two to go through. It is, I've, the feedback I've got on the course has just been incredible, really encouraging for me of people who have just felt really blessed and encouraged into new things in God. You know, it's, I really believe it's been a God thing. And if you remember from last year, the first talk that John did was about unlocking joy. And we discovered that having the Holy Spirit living in us means that joy will grow. It just has to. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You know, we can influence how fast it grows, but it will grow. And as joy grows, we will laugh more because laughter is an outward expression of joy. Then next we learn that not only will we overflow with joy because of the Holy Spirit, but we'll also overflow with hope. That it is normal for a Christ follower to have a constant expectation of good coming. To have hope for any and every situation. Then Sandra shared about the power that exists in what we say. That we can choose to speak life or we can choose to speak death. In fact, uh, Carl and I uh, were right, did the Craigieburn mountain bike ride. Have to get a mountain bike story into my talk. <laughs> you say, "Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm nowhere near as fit as I was last year when I did it." And, and uh, we we ride up to the top of a ski field, which is a really big climb, then then down through tracks and up and down and up and down. And the last really big uphill is Hogsback, and I got to it and I started speaking negatively about. The climbers, I was absolutely stuffed. And Carl started rebuking me about my talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, and the more we align what we say with what the Bible says, the more life we will speak and the more life we will experience. And then at the start of December, I talked about the importance of having our minds renewed about how and about how we need to shift our beliefs till we start believing like Jesus. That working on what we believe is more important than working on how we behave. And that when we believe like Jesus, we will be, we will be able to see mountains move. Well, today the hope and joy topic is unlocking presence. And we'll look at the difference having God's presence means what we believe and how we live. 
having God present increases hope and joy. You know, I have a couple of difficult situations at work that I really need God to work in and see changed for good. Now, praying, speaking life, applying godly principles, working through things with good procedure are all things that my brother and I are doing to see these things change. And I don't know about you, but when situations are difficult, I tend to pray more. One time recently when I was worshipping God and discussing these situations with him, I felt Jesus say to me, uh, people are only needed in situations, so emphasis on the word needed, people are only needed in situations when times are difficult so that they can actually bring about the change that is required in that situation. Then Jesus said to me, when situations are going really well, when you're receiving blessing and favour, then you get to enjoy that blessing and favour, but you're not really needed the same, in the same way. And, and I felt Jesus impress on me that, uh, he said that my children are needed for making things better. And you know, with what I was uh, talking to Jesus about, when Jesus said this, it really helped shift my perspective. My hope increased that we will be able to navigate through these difficulties to a better future. And God calls us to bring hope into situations that appear hopeless, to release God's kingdom of light when darkness is presently in charge. We are needed for the difficult, the painful, for the hard times. We're called to bring reconciliation. We have a responsibility for transformation. Wherever we go, we can increase hope and we can increase joy. And because we are part of God's kingdom, we can make a difference that will see bad become good. Do you agree? Okay, there's a biblical principle I call transference. Transference occurs when one thing touches another. When this happens, a transfer takes place. Um, in the... If you're sitting beside someone and you decide to hold hands and their hands are sweaty, you're going to get a bit of sweat on your hands. No, I won't get you to hold hands. I just thought. (laughs) Transference, okay. In the Old Testament, when the law was written, if a good thing touched a bad thing, the good thing became bad. They called the bad thing unclean, and if an unclean thing should touch a clean thing, then the clean thing became unclean. Let me give you an example. If, you had, if on stage here I had half a bucket of water representing a clean substance, so it's pure water representing clean, and I had half a bucket of salt water representing unclean, and I poured the, the bucket of pure water into the salt water, what do we have? still have salt water. The clean has become unclean. This is what the Bible says in Leviticus. Or if a person touches anything ceremonially unclean, whether the carcasses of unclean wild animals or of unclean livestock or of unclean creatures that move along the ground, even though he is unaware of it, he has become guilty and has become unclean and is guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, anything that would make him unclean, even though he is unaware of it, When he learns of it, he will be guilty. 
Being unclean was a really big problem for the Jewish people. The children of Israel tended to have a high opinion of themselves. They were God's chosen people. They believed they could be right with God through their own effort. For them, being clean meant that they were acceptable or connected with God. Being unclean meant that they were separated from God and were guilty. There were many ways of becoming unclean or separated from God, and by far the majority of the ways involved this principle of transference, touching something else that was already unclean. This included things like touching something dead, touching a menstruating woman, going into an uncircumcised person's home, eating certain types of food. And the only way Jews could become clean again was by going through a cleansing process, normally involving sacrifice. Now this process of transference, bad making good bad, unclean making clean unclean, was a part of the old covenant of the law that had been established between God and the Jewish people on Mount Sinai. Under Old Testament law, the transference that takes place is that when bad touches good, the bad turns the good bad. And then bad things are separated from God. But the principle of, this, of transference even existed before the law. We have all suffered with this transference issue. The transference of bad also has taken place down through the generations from the first Adam, because we are from Adam originally. Then the sin that got built into Adam through eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil has transferred through to all people, excluding Jesus, since then. This means that we are also sinful by nature from birth, it has been transferred into our spiritual DNA because, because we are originally from Adam. And see what Romans says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men, including us, because all sinned. And the Jewish people understood this principle of transference well, and they understood it only flowed one way. To turn bad, bad back into good, sacrifice was required, a price had to be paid. Bad never became good by touching good. It always went the other way. You got that? You with me so far? Okay, something really interesting is described in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was one of the major prophets. He lived about 740 years before Jesus. And Isaiah experienced a total reversal of what the Jews understood to be true with regards to transference. See if you can spot it in these verses. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne. This is Isaiah speaking. High and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, Isaiah cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, 
and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah encountered God. He encountered heaven, and when he did, he realized how unclean he was. Isaiah realized he was ruined, destroyed. It didn't matter what good he had done up to that point. Compared to God, Isaiah was completely unclean. But the important thing to pick up from these verses is that when Isaiah encountered God's presence, and when he recognized just how unclean he was, and how much trouble he was in before a holy God, a transference took place. Yet this time the transference didn't make good bad, it went the other way. Instead of unclean making clean unclean, clean clean made unclean clean. (laughs) Heaven touched Isaiah and his guilt was removed and he was made clean and fit for service. This, this was incredibly radical for the Jewish people. This was like mixing pure water and salt water and getting pure water. Impossible. And yet it happened. Good touched bad and made it good. The presence of heaven transferred, the tr- presence of heaven transferred changed to, to Isaiah, making him fit and ready for service. And we see this happen in the Old Testament again with the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, this is what happened to him in a vision that he had. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to his waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water has risen and was deep enough to swim in it, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And by the way, this river is an image of the river of life, which is also depicted in in Revelation and, and is a picture of the Holy Spirit as well. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Englaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Ezekiel sees a river flowing from heaven into the earth, and instead of the water becoming polluted by what it touches, bad making good bad, 
wherever the river flows, bad becomes good. And life is produced in dead places. Salt water becomes fresh. And this whole principle of transference has been turned on its head again. And this is what the presence of heaven does. It is the way transference works in God's kingdom. And of course, Jesus demonstrated this when he walked the earth. Jesus went around preaching and teaching about the good news of the kingdom of God and demonstrating the kingdom of heaven to everyone he met. Jesus demonstrated that heaven's transference process is opposite to the world's. People understood that transference went one way up to that point, bad making good bad, but when the kingdom of God is present, then the goodness of God prevails and will make bad things good. Transference is reversed. Look at just one example of how Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God at work. There was a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, and under the old transference system, under the law, anyone who touched her or who she touched would become unclean. Therefore, when Jesus was touched by this woman, Jesus should have become unclean. He would then have had to go through the ritual sanctification process to become clean again, as described in the law. Instead, Jesus showed that when the kingdom of God is around, transference goes the other way. Instead of Jesus becoming unclean, Jesus made the unclean woman clean. And this is how the presence of God's kingdom worked. Just check the verses out. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This woman had tried everything and her situation was getting worse. And sometimes life is like that. No matter what you try, no matter what we try, situations just seem to get worse. And this woman knew the transference problem she could create for Jesus if she touched him, making Jesus unclean. Yet hope prevailed for her and activated the faith required to take action. And when the woman touched Jesus, she immediately felt she was freed from his suffering. Bad changed to good. Unclean changed to clean. Normal was reversed. The presence of Jesus changes normal to supernatural. The presence of Jesus changes normal to supernatural. So why is understanding the principle of transference important and how is it relevant to the series on hope and joy? It is relevant because our minds are filled with old transference thinking. 
our minds are filled with old transference thinking. We're holding on to beliefs that contacting bad will make good bad. And these wrong beliefs cause us to be controlled by fear because of this worry about becoming infected by bad. And we also don't have beliefs that believe that when we come into contact with bad, we can turn it to good through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to shift our beliefs to, be our beliefs to believe like Jesus, to believe that the presence of the kingdom of God turns this transference principle on its head. You know, our wrong thinking is that every time we're connected with bad, then things will tend to, be, to get bad for us. We think that bad is more powerful than good, whereas our new thinking needs to be full of hope and belief that God is good, doing good things in us and through us, and our expectation should be for bad to become good, yeah. always. Let me give you a few examples of wrong thinking. If you've been doing the 40 days course, perhaps you want to laugh at some of these. <laughs> okay, so the first category of wrong thinking is a curse is more powerful than a blessing. <laughs> now, and we can be afraid of generational curses, for instance, or of demon activity. Now, we think that they are more powerful just by being in contact with, with these things, it will rub off onto our life. And we're afraid if an occult organization perhaps came into this, into this building here, it would leave demonic baggage here instead of us rubbing goodness onto them yeah. and influencing them. Yeah. We're afraid that if someone curses us, it will have a negative effect on our lives. And sometimes we just think that darkness is more powerful than light. Maybe you didn't need to laugh at that one. <laughs> and we don't really believe that there is much benefit in a person blessing us with what they say. And we don't really believe that there is power in what we say. Yeah. Yet the reality is the, King, you know, the Holy Spirit is living within us. The, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us and is more powerful than anything the enemy can bring against us. And we carry the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And when we encounter demons, when we encounter curses, we can actually see them broken off in the name of Jesus, people delivered, people set free. We can speak life instead of receiving death. We can speak blessing over people and see them actually an increase in what God has for them rather than living under curses. Is that good? <laughs> Another area we can have wrong thinking is getting sick is inevitable. Now, it doesn't deny that sickness occurs, but we can think getting sick is inevitable. We think that if we hang around with people with colds, sooner or later we will get one too. Anyone feel that? Uh, up, up till Christmas, I'd spent two years uh, uh, without having a cold. And any time I'd get a symptom, I would uh, I'd just start declaring God's health over, over my body and the symptom would go away. Uh, I had two or three days over Christmas Boxing Day where I was doing a lot of declaring. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fighting. Yeah, you know, we think that getting a sickness is normal. And the only way to protect us from sickness 
is through working hard at living a healthy lifestyle rather than having God's favour. Now, living a healthy lifestyle is a good thing, but that in itself isn't the whole story. Uh, and we, we had the wrong thinking that we'll get sick because we're being positioned on earth is more powerful than being positioned in heaven. Yet the Bible says that we're in Christ. And where is Christ? Where is Jesus at the moment? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Whereabouts? In heaven. We're positioned in Christ. We're positioned in heaven with him. Is there sickness in heaven? No. So... Uh, It doesn't mean to say that there isn't fights to be had and things to be overcome in the area of sickness, and we know that, and we're battling through some of these things. And we've, but we have seen some amazing healings as well, haven't we? And and in heaven, sickness isn't doesn't exist, and we carry heaven with us, and we can we can actually have our mind renewed to believe confidently that when we actually speak healing and health over people, that we are expecting bad to change to good. And we can keep fighting until we see heaven break through in those situations. When we were at Bethel, um, there was a testimony one day of a woman who was born deaf. And she did the Bethel uh, one year, uh, the first year of their school. And in that school, they have small groups. And the small group there said to her, we're going to pray for your healing every day. So every day they had their small group meeting, they would pray for healing for her. And on the last day of the course, she received full hearing. Expectation of heaven bringing breakthrough. Another thought we can have is, I will never be good enough. The wrong thought. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) We don't believe God actually likes us and wants the best for us is a thought we can have under there. We keep thinking we have to work at being accepted by God. We feel shame because of what we have done, the wrong things that we've done. How about this in behind here? We think that God has other people he would prefer to use before us. (laughs) We think that living under God's favor can't be as simple as believing better. We must have to do something to earn it. Yet, you know, God thought about every one of us before the foundation of the world. He has a plan, he has a purpose for every one of us. He has his, uh, his favor, his honors, he calls us the head and not the tail. He has a hope and a future for every one of us. And you are the exact person that he designed for exactly what he wants you to do. And the reality is that when we become a Christian, when we are in Christ, everything changes. Our spirit is reborn through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we now have new spiritual DNA. The Holy Spirit lives in us and we're positioned in Christ. We are made clean, righteous. Our bad has become good through the power of God. We're now part of God's kingdom and the principle of transference has been reversed for us. We now carry the authority and power to turn bad good. Therefore, we can face every difficulty with real hope and joy. We can renew our minds from being people controlled by fear, believing that if bad touches us, we will somehow have that bad transferred to us, to people filled with hope that whenever we come into contact with anything bad, we can see transference take place to see the bad 
become good. We have the presence and power of God with us to make it happen. Consider these verses from Romans. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But, but, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And look at this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. If we are in Christ, then God's Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and these verses promise that things have changed for us. Not only are we made righteous, but we are now able to operate under a kingdom lifestyle. We are empowered to live as Jesus lived. We are empowered to believe as Jesus believes. We are empowered to have our beliefs made new. We are empowered to make bad good. God is present with us, and heaven will touch earth through us. When we encounter difficulties, we can expect to see Things change for good. Now, I have hope for every situation, and you can too, because God is present with us. And even if a situation doesn't seem to work out right now, I know it's because ultimately God has something better for the future. And understanding and experiencing God being present is a key. And consider what happened with Obed-Edom when he experienced God uh, being present with him. There the Bible records that the ark of God remained in the house, which the ark of God was a representation of God's presence in the Old Testament, remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite, who wasn't a Jew, for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. The Lord blessed him and his entire household because God was present. Perhaps the band wants to come. God's presence released the blessing for Obed-Edom and God being present with us means we now live under a new transference model of seeing the things we touch being turned from bad to good. We have everything we need to transform the world around us for good. And as we grow in Christ, the following must happen. We will increase in joy until it overflows and gets others wet with joy. 
We will overflow with hope to the point where we are constantly expecting good to come. We will be speaking life and blessing with increased measure. Our beliefs will continually be aligning themselves with what Jesus thinks. And we will be influential in seeing bad change to good around us because God is present with us. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want, really want to thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us, that you thought about us before the foundation of the world, that you take us on a journey in making us more like you, that you give us the mind of Christ, that you actually uh, um, call us your, your sons and daughters, that you live inside of us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we are in you and in, uh, um, in heaven, that we can see any situation, any difficulty that we're facing that heaven can come into that situation and see transference take place. Lord, that there is so much more available to us than we can hope, ask, or think for. And you are an incredibly good God doing good things in us and through us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're increasing hope and joy. Thank you that you're increasing hope and joy. Let's stand.